Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. Uh, the the handsome Brian Park. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. That makes I, me uncomfortable. I don't know. I was like <laughs> joking, but I was like, it's also true. It's And it's the fucking hot Young Me Mayor. That's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Sorry, it's appropriate of language. Um... So we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts before we introduce our amazing guests because I'm really excited for this episode. I'm really excited to jump into this one. And <laughs> listeners, you already know who the guest is because <laughs> you know how to read. And you're here because you need advice on your life. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> but before we introduce our guest, let's do the Patreon shoutouts. Uh, quick reminder to all of you, if you like the podcast, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Yeah. Just go to the website. Look at our subscription tiers. Pick the one you like, but we highly encourage you to donate at least $5 a month. And then you get it. Then oh. you get the the you get chaotic the, episodes. The chaotic bonus episodes every Sunday. Right. Wow. But all, any donation amount gets you a shout out on the podcast where Young Me and I will either give you an affirmation or cut you down. Yeah. Depending on how we feel. Depending on how we feel. Okay, are you ready, Young Me? Yeah, I'm ready. First shout out goes out to Shen Yuan. I feel like this person is extremely like, um, oh God, the psychic vibes are coming. What well, do it, Brian? You do it first. I think this person Mine is, is extremely good at marketing because okay. Shen Yuan is one letter away from Shen Yun, <laughs> <laughs> and Shen Yun is the best at marketing. Shen, they are very good at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Shen Yuan. I honestly, I was gonna go there, but then I felt like that was offensive, and this person oh, probably hates it because they get there. it all the time. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, yeah, I know. It looks like Shen Yun. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know." Damn. Okay, so I'm, I'm go, hack. I'm going all there. the. I'm going like somewhere else with this. I'm gonna say that this person um, is just very good with their pets. Okay, Shen Yuan, good at marketing, good with pets. Thank you for donating. Next shout out goes out to Madeline Howe. Madeline. She has like a very close knit adult friend group that are mm. all have been friends since like middle school and they still hang out and everyone's jealous because Lord knows once you're an adult, you'll never make another friend again. Damn, I'm jealous. Right? I, I'm just Ryan has the, no friends. Yeah, I have no friends. I'm just getting the description. Wouldn't that be so great if you had like an adult group of friends and you got to just hang out on the, you know, like drink red wine and watch like reality shows? I want that. I don't want to be married. I know. I, I don't, I don't know what any of those things feel like. What are you girls describing? Girls and gays to hang out with. <laughs> Somebody hang out with me. I'm lonely. Shen uh. <laughs> <laughs> Next shout out goes out to Phyllis Kung. Phyllis you are really good at trivia. Why is Brian being so boring? You're good at marketing. You're good at <laughs> trivia. <laughs> okay, Phyllis, you're think, yeah. Phyllis, you're really good at trivia, but also you go to sex parties every weekend. Okay, yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah. There we good, go. Good job, Brian. <laughs> there we go. You really had to scream. You're like, oh, what's weird? What's a weird thing? What's a weird thing? <laughs> <laughs> you wear lingerie, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah i feel that vibe like a very night and day kind of person night and day person yeah. okay yeah phyllis we'll thank you uh next shout out goes out to andrea chan andrea i have a, this vibe that this person lives like abroad getting laid in latvia and, yeah latvia <laughs> just partying like you know <laughs> berlin i don't know it's the vibe i get and last shout out is a 
It's a sentimental one. It's a shout out to Abby Lee on behalf of Griffin Ong. Those are such great Asian names. Yeah. You know? Griffin Ong and Abby Lee. If you wrote like the characters to like a a pilot or something, Mm. I'd be like, Abby Lee. Damn. We have, see, on this group. Yeah. So Griffin and Ong and Abby Lee, amazing connection there. Yeah. Madeline Howe, amazing connection with all of her friends. Uh huh. This is a friendly bunch. This is a friendly bunch. <laughs> How are these people doing it? I don't know. You know, in real life, they're like by themselves on a computer all day and they're just crying listening to this. They're like, I don't have any friends. Madeline's like, <laughs> it's the new world, baby. And Andrea is just fucking going to sex raves in Latvia and not thinking about us at all. Uh-uh. They're never going to hear this. No. <laughs> Thanks for the money, though. Honestly, she probably has totally forgotten that she donates to her Patreon. It's just automatic. She, like, did it one I, I, night, one really drunk. Right. And then she's, she's going to check her she's bank account for the listened. first time in months and be yeah. like, fuck, I've been uh, donating to this fucking God podcast. It. God you know, damn it. I have to say, I feel like if somebody was taking $5 out of my bank account every month, I would not notice for <laughs> years, <laughs> <It's> decades. A, <laughs> it's <laughs> just like a sneakily small amount. Yeah, I would never notice. <laughs> right, ever. Right. That's the scam. We got to hack into like a million people's accounts and just take like $3 <laughs> here and there, 85 cents. That's what actually... The Bank of America does. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized. I'm like, scammers. what is this charge for 85 cents? Um, it's not worth the trouble of following up and looking into this. 85 cents? I would never, I would <laughs> never look into that. Right. Well, anyway. uh, listeners, thank you for supporting the podcast. Once again, it's at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And young me, I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week. Yeah, let's let's get it going. Let's get it going. Okay, so listeners, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, backstory to introduce our guest. Uh, as you all know, on this podcast, young me is very chaotic. I am just riddled with anxiety, and a common theme is career anxiety. Mm. I, f- I tend to flip flop a lot on this pod. I think there was a period sure where do. I was yeah. I was looking into woodworking. I was oh looking, my god, I totally forgot about that. I, yeah. was, I go through a lot of phases because, I don't know, I, I, I seem aimless. And apparently, you listeners, it's palpable. You can feel it through your AirPods because... It's relatable. Right. Well, I got a DM from one of our listeners and yeah. they said, hey, I can tell that you're quite lost. <laughs> <laughs> However, there's help. I use an executive career coach. Oh. You should check her out. And you know what, listeners, I did. And it was incredibly helpful. Okay. And that is who our wonderful guest is this week. What? Her name is Pam Yang, and she is an executive career coach. Listeners, give your ears to Pam Yang. (laughs) Hi, guys. Well, right now I'm kind of like, but if you're still struggling with like the aimlessness and the lostness, I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> oh no. No, well, no, that's just Brian. That's he just could me. be like a millionaire and he'd be like, what am I, what am I doing in my life? <laughs> no, I have to say, the woodworking thing is new. Like, that isn't something like we had ever discussed. Right. That's wow, so there's yeah, a lot to happened. unpack there. Pam, it happened. <laughs> I feel like every four months, Brian's like, should I, should I go to medical school? Yeah. I'm like, Brian, you, I guess if you want. But uh, yeah, I had no idea. Like, I've heard of the concept of career consultants or executive career coaches, but it wasn't until a listener 
who uh, a listener referred me to you that I followed through with it. And I was really happy that I did. Well, I just wanted to ask before we begin, Pam, because I just like Brian just said, I'm sure that a lot of people maybe have not heard of this um, profession or they're not ex- exactly clear on what it is. So can you explain in your own words what what your job is? Um, so the entire coaching field, I think, is like filled with hacks, but also filled with like really good people. And it's hard to kind of weed through who's good and who's bad um, yeah. because people kind mm-hmm. of put their own labels on things. And also on the record, I'm pretty sure Young Me and I have shat on life coaches on this <laughs> podcast. So we're not we're not absol- we're not saying that what we when we mean by that, we mean those are the hacks. You can tell who the hacks not are. You. Not you. Well, actually, that's why I didn't go the life route. And I was like, I don't know what to call this because I was like, our mm-hmm. careers are such an integral part of our lives. It's like you don't divorce yeah. the two. But I was like, because of how much people shit on life coaches and because of the perception around life coaches, I was like, I can't possibly call myself a life coach. Um, but because I focus on, <laughs> but um, because I focus on kind of people who are mid-career, kind of later on in their careers, not kind of just starting off, like people who have had mm-hmm. some experience. Um, that's why I focused on it being like an executive career coach. And also, mm. depending on the audience, sometimes I just say I'm like a career strategy coach um, because there's so many career mm. coaches that focus on like the tactics of the job search, like your resume mm. and interviewing skills and like how to even go about the job search. Um, and a lot of them come from like recruiting and HR backgrounds, people mm-hmm. who are used to that mm. process of vetting clients in the upfront. Um, I knew I didn't want to focus on that. So sometimes I'll like even put strategy in front of there, depending on the audience. Mm. Um, right. But I mean, Brian, like some of the stuff we talked about was far more like, why do you want to do what you want to do? And what the fuck do you even do? Right. Yeah. Like, because I think that is to mm. me right. personally is a far more interesting question and one that people struggle with in the upfront before you even get to the tactics. Because you can't, the, the tactics yeah. are useless if you don't know what you're going after. Right. Totally. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to dive into this more deeply later on in the episode. But um, Brian, how are you feeling? Oh, we're just going to jump into my feelings. Yeah. 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 Brian. Right now. Brian. Yeah. Oh, OK. All right. Uh, I'm feeling like a boomer. A boomer. I'm feeling like a fucking boomer, like an outdated dinosaur boomer. OK. And the reason for this is. Lately, it's all over my Twitter feed. I'm reading articles about it. This whole like cryptocurrency, NFTs, Bored Ape Yacht Club. What the fuck? Like Web3, <laughs> spatial internet, metaverse, all of this new terminology that has just bombarded my brain. Mm. And I'm seeing these people make gargantuan amounts of money like through mm. NFTs and this whole new... This is why I feel like a boomer. I can easily like deride that community and be like, you are just like fucking sheep, hype beast people that I never would even want to affiliate myself with. Yeah. Cryptocurrency and NFT. NFT art is fucking bad. It's inherently sucks. Like if you look at the aesthetic of it. But these are people who are making real money through Mm. this whatever the fuck. And Mm -hmm. this is why I feel I feel like a boomer because this is the first time where because I've always prided, like I, I think I'm very adept at what's going on in the zeitgeist. I feel yeah. like I always have a pulse on what's current, what's trending, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But with this instance of NFT art and crypto and Web three, I truly have no fucking idea what's going on, mm. and it's kind of ma- it makes me feel I don't like it. I don't like that I there's this 
huge gap in my knowledge base mm-hmm. in this what appears to be this new exciting new frontier and you can debate if it's a scam or if it's the future of where the world is headed but that's why i feel like a boomer i feel like mm-hmm. a boomer i'm like damn i'm getting old i'm i i'm oblivious to this shit that's happening i yeah i think it's really important that you placed a like a name on the emotion you're feeling because <laughs> i mean cuz you said boomer and obviously you're not a boomer but i think that that causes a lot of old people to become weird resentful and angry right oh don't you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, like I, I see that you're processing it and trying to understand yourself and your feelings about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just inherently a curious person. Yeah. And I just don't want to be caught on the wrong side of history, is what I'm right, saying. Because right. there's there's clearly a lot of people who are making a lot of money through this. Yeah. And I'm at this. Ju- I feel like we're at this junction that ten years from now, I don't want to be like. Left behind. Left behind. I think, but that's what I'm saying. I think that this is an important conversation to have while discussing your feelings. (laughs) Because, like, whether or not you really, like, don't know what's going on or not. Yeah. That might just, that's like a, uh, that's like a scary feeling, right? You're getting older. These young people are doing things that you've never heard of. Like, that fear is, like, I think important to talk about, right? And, like, let's be honest. You could spend, like, an afternoon just reading up on this stuff. Does it feel scary to you that you're, like, not understanding something that other people are understanding and making a lot of money? Like, Well, to tie it to the theme of this episode, I think in the context of career, Mm. yes. Because Mm -hmm. it's not like... I'm an engineer, like I'm a doctor Mm -hmm. where you're treating physiological ailments that Mm -hmm. cannot be digitized yet. We're in the digital content space. Mm. Like it's inextricably could be linked to Web3 Mm -hmm. where when I read about all this, comedy clubs could potentially be obsolete. What, you know, what would be a good, you know, what would be like a good, not a good thing, but a potential business idea here. If you're, if someone's listening to this and you want to do this, (laughs) no, but like, web3 metaverse whatever if you have your oculus and you're like traveling into in, in the interwebs yeah we have a asset where we know who like the tapped comedians are mm-hmm. couldn't you create a new web3 comedy club where you go to a comedy club in the spatial internet mm. and then payment is done through this like cryptocurrency and so rather than like gatekeeping right. behind like an 80 year old white racist man right it's in the it's like Web three. If you it can, if you can NFTify or like crypt right. blockchainify the constitution, why can't you just do that for the system of comedy itself? Right. Like I'm so lost. S, like yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> do you know I what I'm saying? It. I get Wait, it. As no, you I get said it, that, what I thought of was um, <laughs> like uh, shit. I'm not. I'm forgetting the exact phrasing for it, but like voyeurism and like webcamming. Like the entire yeah. webcamming yeah. business, I'm like, well, couldn't you just do that for comedy? Like, isn't that kind of right? The same thing? I don't know. Like, that's I, why you just feel like a yeah. boomer because I don't think that's appa- true. Appa- well, apparently, there's young. something yeah. exciting going on. There's people who are making loads of money through like NFT or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, and I'm, I just want to get left behind. I think the feelings that you bring up are very valid, and I think a lot of people go through them, not even through the internet, but just aging. I think a lot of people start to lose track of what's cool, or, you know, like, they they hear stuff and they don't understand it, and they react really poorly, Mm. which I think has led to, like, 
this whole foxification of our parents' generation, right? Because mm. you watch Fox and like half of the content is just people being like, remember back in the old days when we used to, to shoot a ball in a hoop and like that? Like it's it's feeding into that fear of these people that feel left behind yeah. and stuff like that. And I think those are important emotions to confront when they're when you're right. feeling them. And, and I don't I think it's necessarily I true. I yeah. can sense myself reje not certain. rejecting, but like rejecting, wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this yeah. is so fucking dumb. This is not real. Yeah. Fuck this. This is, this is like, like so it. dumb. I'm not going to learn this. And yep. I'm turning into the type of person who I did not like when I was a kid of like, yeah, be well, embracing change, being open to new ideas and yeah. Taking yeah. the effort to learn. Well, you said honestly, very, everyone has felt that. Yeah, you said very specifically while you were kind of sharing the boomer, uh, the the thought that you were a boomer. You said very specifically. I don't remember the exact <laughs> words, but you were like, "I don't understand it," and it makes me like not like it. Like you said something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, right. Which I'm right. like feels yeah. like is the crux of it, right? Like, and I think yeah. young me, I'm glad you kind of stopped and like let's dig in because like that's feels like more the crux of it and is kind of I think what we associate with boomers right they're like they don't get it and it frustrates yeah. them yeah. makes them yep. nervous exactly. or anxious and then they're like okay it's a lot easier to not like this thing rather than admit your mm. lack of understanding right or to be like whoa I have no fucking clue and right. I may be left behind I'm ready I'm gonna paint my nails and I'm ready to dive into <laughs> nfts baby Come on. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> how are you feeling young me um let's see I guess yeah, I guess I'm feeling, oh, I have like this. Okay, so I, I'm feeling really good and it's related to, I, I always, I have this big issue, Pam, with like being very like disassociated with my emotions. So I'm, I'm like, I think I'm trying to just be like, oh, why do I feel good? Why do I feel bad? Like I'll feel bad and then like weeks later I'll be like, oh, it's because that, that's the week that I had this bad like teacher conference or so, you know, like that. Um, and so I, I'm feeling really glad because I took my I looked at my cat's mouth and he had like really bad plaque oh and he hasn't got had a dental cleaning in, in a while okay right? so I was like okay I'm gonna go take him to get a dental cleaning so I went to the doctor he got you know his annual checkup his shots and stuff like that and mm -hmm. it was like four hundred dollars and I was like <gasps> and yeah. I was like <clears throat> and so then like they're waiting for his blood test results to right. see if he can go under f for the teeth cleaning mm. and then I looked on on Amazon and there's like a plaque remover yeah which I randomly bought for myself even though I just got my teeth cleaned but it was like 40 bucks I was like oh this might be good right yeah and then I was like and then I was reading the reviews and somebody was like oh I like use this on my cat and oh. I was like oh shit and so it's like so you can't even hear it because it moves so fast okay. and you know I've, I try it on myself doesn't hurt or anything yeah so I was like I have an idea so I just like went and grabbed my cat and then I just like touched the plaque with it and it just like popped off whoa and it was like his tooth is like brand new wow and it like it took like one one second i just like touched it and it was like and his teeth are beautiful looking wow. and i was like fuck yeah i saved all this money <laughs> this is the one secret your veterinarian doesn't, doesn't want, want you to know, know. yes, yes. <laughs> so i was like i'm glad you didn't spend the 400 i thought you spent the 400 and then found the 40 dollar thing so i'm so no, glad you i spent the 400 for oh, the did. checkup already so you put, but you could have so. spent 4000 for the anesthesia to yeah. put your cat under i don't even know how much it costs i think it was only gonna be like 500 which is like too much money yeah. only 500 <laughs> like you know like that yeah, but yeah. i was like 
I was like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do? I have to, like, pull this fucking money out of my ass. I'm yeah. like, fucking rent's due. And it's fucking Thanksgiving, like that. Right. And then the fucking plaque just popped. So if you have a cat with plaque, <laughs> just get this machine. It doesn't hurt. I've tried it on myself. I'm surprised your cat will let will be still enough. I rolled him in a towel. That's, like, <laughs> that's what pet owners do. So, and then I held him, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And I literally, like, touched it. And it just, like, ch- like it fell off in a, like... Little wow. chunks first, and then it's like popped off. Oh, so yeah, you're, so you're, so you're ecstatic. I'm so excited. <laughs> and he, like, you know, it's so great. It was really satisfying, too. I was like, ooh, I can't wait until you get more plaque. Oh my God. <laughs> as, you were, as you were describing it, I both thought of like how satisfying popping pimples are. And then oh, also, it. like, yeah. how gross it was to envision, like, this whole thing of, like, plaque just falling off. Because I'm like, that's just in our teeth. That's on our teeth, like, day in and right. day out. Oh, yeah. my God. Gross. Pam, how are you feeling? Um, this morning, I'm feeling really good. Um, it's sunny in New York. I went for a walk in the morning. But I feel like every day is, if you asked me yesterday, it would have been, like, I would have said something like off the cuff of like, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing with my life. You know, like the roller coaster Mm. is so it's such an oscillation between like really high highs and really low lows. Um, But I'm constantly told like I'm not super into astrology, but I'm constantly told it's because I'm a cancer. Um, And so our emotions like kind of, you know, go up and down quite like the wavelength is quite, you know, varied, whereas some people Mm. kind of just track more steadily, like the highs are like here and the lows are here. But then with mine, I'm like here and then down here, like it goes a lot. So yeah. Overall, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, but today is like a fun down part. Um, but tomorrow might be like a really shitty like up part. So we'll see. Um, but also, I think that's just kind of we'll life. Yeah, I think that that's like everybody. I was going to say you're like, oh, it's because I'm a cancer. I'm like, oh, I thought it was because I was a Sagittarius. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. It's just like everyone's like that. I feel like especially these days. No, it actually reminded me a lot of your last episode. Um, cause I remember I was thinking about, uh, when I listened to your last episode, I remember thinking about signs for some reason. Cause I think a lot of people have been telling me about signs recently. Like wait, mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. of my friends have gotten deep into astrology and everything is mm-hmm. analyzed through the astrology lens. Um, but I mean, whether it's astrology or the Chinese Zodiac or whatever it is, I'm like, there's a reminder that every single one of us like is different to to a degree, but we can have like similar human experiences, but we also have very Mm. unique experiences, right? And so like the comparison between each other is really difficult too, because what's a baseline for you may be like a completely like opposite thing for me. The Brian, you were about to say. Right, right. No, no, I don't know what I was about to say, but. I love astrology. (laughs) I'm, I'm a man. I hate astrology. <laughs> I have no feelings. Uh, NFT, NFTs are my astrology. Yeah. Bitcoin is my astrology, baby. <laughs> so man. man. So, oh, astrology? That's fucking stupid. You know what's really cool, though, is crypto. <laughs> crypto is real. Astrology is fake. I'm a man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Pam, I'm glad that you can join us on the podcast because you are. Thank you you're, so much. You're emitting a very soothing energy right now oh, and thank you. i think we could use more of that in the world yeah but basically you know as an executive career coach what are the most common reasons clients seek out your services and do you notice a recurring pattern yes very much so and probably intentionally too because i chose like the area to focus on because i was seeing the pattern mainly amongst my friends oh. um okay but 
yeah, people are fucking lost and they're confused. And it feels mm-hmm. like some kind of, it, oftentimes it feels very existential when people mm-hmm. are asking major career questions, which also are major life questions, right? Because so much of our career stuff is tied to our identity, our sense of value, the value we bring to the world, right? Like what are we quote, quote, like good at, Mm. but it's also the way that we make money and survive. And so it's like so many pieces are tied to this. Um, And it is like, it becomes a very existential thing when you don't know what direction to head and you don't know, like, you know, based off society telling you, you should, there's like kind of seemingly this thing you're meant to do and you don't know what that mm. is, it's like, who the fuck am I? And so right. trying to answer that question, and, in, and I think especially for people who on the outside seem really solid, like if you looked at any one of us from the outside, people might be like, you have a successful podcast, you're doing well, like you have a huge following, like this and this and this, and there's these external markers of success, and inside you're just like, I'm fucking terrified, I don't want to climb out of the covers in the morning, <laughs> you know? And so we I'm all scared, go through those ways. For sure. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, I well, have, yeah. I've had a ton of that this week where I'm just like, I don't want to get up today, and I'm like feeling... Yeah, like just it's the combination of the world, but also I think like Mm. the last year, our emotions and like the ways that they've gone and then tied to really real things where you're like, wait, no, but I need to make money and pay rent. Right. And I need to like, yeah, and I want to live a good life, too. So what how how do I figure out all of those things that seem really big and they're all really big by themselves? I think that I, I really like how you like broke down the the relationship that people have in their minds with their careers, because for a lot of people, that's where they place their value as a person. Like yeah. if my career is good or if I even have a career, because, you know, like I come from a, a background like where I worked in restaurants yeah. and most of my friends that did that, they're big, uh, big, 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 like internal struggle was that they obviously had other interests and wanted this other career where whether it was creative or something else but they were for work they were having to do this like you know like basically manual labor sort of service industry work Mm -hmm. and that would really that you could see that it was like tainting their view of themselves like they wanted to be whatever a singer or a artist or something and that's what they wanted as a career but their actual like their job which wasn't a career was like bothering them and also I'm I think it was like very interesting how you said that everyone's lost yeah because I feel like I don't I think most I'm sure that there are people who like plan out their lives I feel like Brian and I have talked about this before but most of my friends and very 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 heavily including myself mostly like I have no plan Mm. like we don't have a plan you know yeah Totally. Um, and people think they need one, right? Like, and so the idea, not necessarily that like five, 10 year plan that maybe is like a bit more of an old school thought, but that you need to know, uh-huh. right? That you need to have some kind of like definitive answer for like where you're going. Mm. Cause otherwise if you don't know that definitively, it does carry the sense of like, well, you don't know what you're doing. Right. So almost like this binary thing of either you're super right. certain or you have no fucking clue. Um, but I think, you know, Brian, actually what you brought up about NFTs is really interesting. Um, not so much the NFTs themselves, but like the rush towards the, the excitement over and the like doubling down of like, this is the future. I mm. wonder like, because I've been also trying to understand it and like trying to make sense of it and not take kind of the mentality of like, this is stupid. Um, Because clearly there's like value in this and people are creating value in it. But 
it it feels like it's reflective of society, right? Like there are these things that then become like your identity. Um, and not that NFTs right. become someone, someone's identity, but if you're like, oh, I'm now an NFT person or I'm an, I'm an NFT mm. expert, right? Or I totally get it and mm. you don't, or that I see this as the future. Like there's an element of philosophy and belief and purpose and meaning like tied to that, that I think people latch mm. onto that becomes like, Oh, like this is not to say that NFT, NFTs are working in this world is my purpose, but there's something about your mm. association with that and your identification with it that then becomes like, mm. okay, like this is something solid, right? Like I see this as the future. I see this as the future of tech, the future of interaction, the future of money. And then it's something mm -hmm. that you can tie to like your belief system, which is also why I think this country is like so polarized, right? Because it's like a lot of identity politics around who you are and this existential threat to who you are and what you believe, mm. um, which right. not to take it too far off our careers, but I'm like, it's all the same themes, right? Like it just shows up mm. differently, mm. whether it's our careers or our politics right. or our religion. Yeah, that's a really good point. So people are so like so into like having an identifying marker mm -hmm. and a lot of people will use their career as that like i am a doctor right, right? or i am like somebody that deals with nft deal i don't know dealer person like that's like my identity <laughs> yeah but you're right it extends outside your career too because then it's like people are so obsessed with it and you know, not necessarily in a bad way, but people bring it up a lot in America. Right. I mean, we do that, too, to a certain extent. Fuck yeah. Like our identify our marker in society is like we are comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Has, our uh, value add. Yeah. You know, we, we are funny. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that has a big, big space in my mind. It takes yeah. up a lot of space in there. Yeah. How I see myself. Yeah. 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 I mean, Young B, last episode, you were talking about how like now that all the success or opportunity is coming your way that you're scared mm -hmm. of the opportunity, right? Or I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why, but you're almost like, whoa, whoa, like, yeah. I don't know if I want that. Um, but I mean, ah. tied to, I think tied to our successes, like in the struggle to achieve, there's almost like a right. very clear purpose, right? Because the purpose is like, for each person, it might be a little different, but there is a like, okay, I want to just get this out there. Maybe it's just to like get my message out there, or it's maybe just to help people yeah. feel seen. But then once you help people do that and you start to be recognized for it, then it kind of shifts the purpose a little bit, right? Because then it's like, wait, is that still it? And do yeah. I still continue in that vein? And I think that's where you asking Brian the question earlier of like, what is that really about? Like, what's really the feeling behind you saying, I don't want to be a boomer or I feel like a boomer is the work we don't yeah. do around our lives and our careers. Do you know what I mean? Like the digging through the layers. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you really listened to the last episode and you're like, well, this is what happened in your mind. <laughs> no, because like what you just said, that's that's literally I'm scared to I think I just realized when you were talking like I'm scared to take the next step because then it's like a restructuring of my identity. You know, in my career, I'm no longer a struggling like loser if I, you know, if I get a real job yeah. you know, or sell like right. a show or something. Right. Then I'm like a successful comedian that has a has a show or a this thing. And like, I'm like, oh, then what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you come from a brand strategy and consulting background and it's easy. It's very easy for all of us. And, you know, listeners, I'm sure you can relate. Like when it comes to your work, you can 
put together a PowerPoint presentation and strategize around this external thing, whether it's like a proposal for something or like a, a sales agreement or a contract. Mm -hmm. But it's really fucking hard to do that for ourselves. Oh, yeah. Like apply that sort of strategy and treat ourselves as if we are a business and we are investing in our own success. And yeah. that's why like I find the homework incredibly difficult because you would ask me like, what are the things? It's a simple question is like, put on the left side things that you like and put on the right side things you don't like. And I'm just like, <laughs> Brian's like, ah, we don't want to what? think about this. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that's 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 you know I, I think that I, I really um, I, I I derived an incredible amount of value from your services because it, it forced me to be objective and critical about yeah. and like have a plan of action and yeah. strategy about towards myself and yeah. why do I neglect like my feelings and it's my weird. purpose so easily so yet hard. like yeah. yo yes. Yes, sir, manager, person who I fucking hate. I will put the utmost effort into this thing <laughs> to present to you in 12 hours. Yeah, that's like, well, like, that's, I think it's like hard when you're doing for yourself because there's so many emotions. Like, you know, like you can't just like think of it like, right. here's my report. Like, yeah. there's so many weird, uncomfortable emotions in there. I yeah. Think. And they also sit on different totally. planes, right? So, like, mm. I'm trying to think of some good examples, but um, some things are like really big picture things, right? Like, what do I want to accomplish with my life? And then there are some other things like, oh, but I really like comedy. Like, where does that fit in? Like, that might fit into the big picture of what I want to accomplish with my life. But it also could be, actually, I just enjoy like making people laugh and I don't mind doing this on the side, right? And it's like hard to figure out where mm. these thoughts we have about mm. our lives fit in on what plane, oh. right? And some could be super right. far yeah. out things like, you know, wanting to have a family. And that overall is a great goal. But I think so many of us just assume we will have families rather than really doing the work to be like, wait, do I actually want a family? Like, do I want to spend two decades of my life at least raising a human where yeah. someone else is the priority and I have to ensure that they stay alive and I have to ensure that they have good educations and this and I might have to move to different places for right. their education. Like, we don't break it down like that. We're just like, oh yeah, kids, we should all have kids, right? <laughs> or because we were expected to. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that sounded like when Brian was talking about realizing, he was like, well, I want a family and kids and I just thought it was going to happen and now I'm realizing I have to actually take steps if if I, if that's really what I want, I yeah. have to like do certain things to get there. Yeah, totally. I don't know. And I think a lot of in the same way, like the kids thing is the same as I want to be a comedian, right? Or I, for example, wanted mm. to like be commissioner of the NBA, but <laughs> when I was a kid. But that's because I loved right. basketball. I love that's and that, how specific that is. It was so specific, <laughs> and I was like, there's yeah. one yeah. person that gets this job in like decades. Um, but yeah. it was a really easy correlation between I love basketball, I want to love my work, um, because I saw like how, I think from a really young age I realized that because my mom was a single mom and I was an only child. Mm. And I saw like what her work did to her. And she worked in like banking, like at a retail bank, like locally. But right. um, I saw like her hours and I saw how miserable and tired and stressed she was. And then I saw our relationship. Wow. And how much like, mm. you know, she would be like stress angry, right? Like she'd come home and like take it out mm. on me or like I would say one thing wow. and it'd be like totally the wrong thing to say just because she didn't feel like mm. answering a question right then. 
And so I was like, fuck, mm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do what you do. But also you keep pushing mm. me towards finance and all these fields that you say mm. are good fields. But I'm like, but you're in finance and your life is miserable. And so I would rather not make as much money, which is a privilege in and of itself, right? To say like, I don't want, mm. I don't have to worry yeah, about survival. And I want to pursue something I love. But it was really basic of like, I love basketball. The top job in basketball is commissioner. I should want to be commissioner, right? And so with like, and I don't know, you know, comedy as well, but I wonder if there's like, oh, I like being, I I am funny or maybe comedy is a path and you see someone who is doing it really well and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I might want to do that. And you don't think about or try to learn what all the really fucking grueling steps are to get to that point and what mm-hmm. that experience is like. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our uh, listeners, uh, they message us and talk about how they struggle with like quote unquote following their dreams because there's so many reasons for this. And they're, a lot of them are specific to our Asian upbringings like filial piety or uh, being imbued with this fear of failure. And We've even noticed that a lot of notable Asian Americans, at this point, it's almost become a hack. Like, if you're a famous Asian American, you started off as a doctor or a lawyer, yeah. and then you shifted a Actor. career to become a creative later on in life, which yeah. is so crazy difficult to do. Like, yeah. Simu Liu was a consultant. Gemma Chan was a lawyer from uh, Oxford. Like Ken Jong was a doctor. Ronnie Chang was a lawyer. All, all of them had, like, quote-unquote real jobs, and they were like, fuck this, I want to do what I want to do. Whereas, like, other, like, if you compare to, like, famous white people, they're like, I want you. I wanted to be an actor, and I just yeah. became an actor. When I, I didn't, was 16, I started acting. <laughs> I didn't do this whole other yeah. thing. So uh, we're curious, like, what are your thoughts, and do you have any advice for people who are looking for the courage to take that leap? Oh, so many thoughts. Um, I want to kind of address, like, I don't, I mean, I know we're definitely not a monolith and each culture has experienced such, or each person has experienced such different things being an Asian person in this country. But overall, if we kind of pull out a few themes around Asian cultures, like you mentioned, um, I always say that word wrong. I'm like filial, filial, piety. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, But also like the sense of that, Uh, you are one piece of a whole, right? Like you're part of a group. Like Mm. it's not a very individual, Mm. I mean, oftentimes it isn't a very individualistic view um, centered Mm. around the individual experience. Um, There also is a lot of kind of honor, right? Like bring honor to your family. Mm. Like, so there's all Mm -hmm. these layers of the culture that contribute, that that actually run very counter to American culture um, Mm. where it is entirely about the, or mostly about the individual and about freedom, yeah. right? And like this idea of like independence for, and what does that mean for yourself? Um, and while yeah. I think there are honor components, it's not quite the same um, as a lot of Asian cultures. It's like, sure, like don't just, mm. you know, don't bring broad disrespect to your family, but like go do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. being an actor is not mm. disrespectful to your family. Whereas within Asian cultures, like that might be, right? Cause it's not measured success or unless you achieve it, right. it's not measured success. So I think there's all these right. factors we have to consider as an Asian person trying to like figure out what success means for us in the U.S. Um, so that layers in a whole bunch of other stuff because if you don't work through that, that infiltrates like all of your decision making, the way you view the world, the way you view yourself and your identity. Mm. And so I think that's why so mm. many Asian people like whether it's therapy or something else, like working through that shit is so important. Um, to get to the point where you can really be like, wait, what do I want as the individual? Yeah, so Pam, um, 
Like, do you have any specific examples of clients who've dealt with this issue? And like, what are some practices that you've encouraged them to exercise to sort of reframe their definitions of success? Yeah, it happens on two levels. So for people who I think have followed a very traditional model and potentially even have made good money, have good titles, are at good companies and kind of hit the parental markers, their issue is often like, I don't even know what I want. I'm so far away from it because I followed this path for so long. Like I've kind of lost myself in it. So that's mm. where kind of we can just go through like a similar process that we went through, Brian, which is like, how do we really start to define what you want, right? How do we extract from your childhood dreams to the like random interests you have, whether it was woodworking, like how do we make sense of all these things that you think you might be interested in? And then how do we kind of mm. lay it on the table so we can organize it, process it, and then figure out like what really matters to you. And, but also the stage of life matters, right? Cause if you do have a family, if you do have loans, if you do have other considerations that you have to factor that in too. So the breaking, I think if there's kind of broad advice there, um, it's how do you really, in a really detailed way, break down all the things that you say you want and make sense of them. Like, why do you want to be um, a doctor? Why do you want mm. to be a comedian, right? Like, what is it about comedy mm. that is really, really compelling to you? Is it about making people laugh? Or is it about you being able to tell your story? Because comedians, I mean, there's a ton of comedians, but why they each do it might kind of fall mm. in the same bucket, but the really specific reason is very distinct for each person. Um, the second mm. way this shows up is some people are like, I really want to do X or I think I want to do X or I want to change ABC in my life, but I'm scared of the parental response, right? Or I'm scared about like, mm. how do I break this to my parents? So it becomes a different thing where we still do the same work of detailing, like, what do you really want to make sure that this makes sense given all the things that you want for your life? But we then add in a component of like, okay, what is the issue with your parents? And one thing that are, or, you know, kind of your fear of kind of communicating or sharing this with your parents. Um, and one example that came to mind was a woman who kind of really had to work through like the habitual training that she had been, you know, like that she, well, she'd been trained her whole life to kind of respond a certain way to her mom. And she mm -hmm. was like, it's easier for me to just not address anything because I have to deal with the criticism that yeah. I can no longer deal with, right? Like, I don't want to face that criticism <gasps> right. because it's been really damaging to me and emotionally, right. you know, like scarring. Um, and this is where I'm like, okay, like, I hope you're working through your, with your therapist on this because it's not my area. But in the area of communication, in the area of sharing, like, here is my decision and here is why. What we worked on is how do you build confidence in the clarity of your decision? And oftentimes confidence comes with clarity. Mm. Like if you have like that sense mm. of I am, I want to do this and I want to pursue this. There's so much ownership in that. And we just practice her being able to communicate that to her mom. So, and with little ways, like mm. and starting with little, little things of like, I don't want to see you this Saturday, <laughs> you know, or yeah. like, I don't want to help you so do great. this thing. But I'll, I'll kind of. Can I, yeah, can I just say this is, I'm so glad you brought this up. Just really, first of all, the thing that you, where you say people don't even know what they want because their lives, all their lives, they were just doing stuff that their parents wanted them to do. That yeah. is so fascinating. And I, I understand that. And then what you just said, where you were talking to somebody and you were like, 
realizing that she was not being honest in her communication because she was like protecting herself from her mom's criticism. Mm. I had this memory the other day and I remember being very small, like four or five and somebody like an adult, like this is back when I lived in Korea, an adult was like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone was like saying like, teacher, doctor, blah, 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 right? Right. And I was like too embarrassed to say that I wanted to be a mermaid. Which is what I was thinking yeah. as, you know, like a kid. Right. And I was like, oh, I want to be a teacher. And then I remember mm. being like, oh, I'm such a fraud. <laughs> I, like, I just remember having these like thoughts as a little kid, but right. no, already knowing, already intuitively knowing that I had to protect my real thoughts. Mm. And I had to pretend that I, I had to give them the answer that they wanted to hear to protect my emotions from that adult. Mm. And I think that so many Asian people do that because you're like, you know, even as an adult, I couldn't say I want to be a comedian because my mm. mom would be like, oh, you think you think you can do it? Mm. She, she'd be like, you're old. You're too fat to be on TV. You're not pretty. And like she would like hurt me. So I right. would never tell her in a million years that I wanted to be a comedian. And then now I like even now I like try not to talk about it because I'm like protecting myself, you mm. know? Because, right, you either pursue it in private, right? Like this secret life you have to live separate from your parents, which I think contributes to like so many Asian people having very, very distant relationships from their parents. Like we love them, we spend time with them, but emotionally we are so, we're like oceans apart, right? Because you can't be your true self or so many of us haven't felt like we can say the things that we think, share the dreams that we have. And people either go the path of pursuing it in private and, and, you know, kind of having the, the burden of dealing with that without the familial support or the emotional support. Mm. Or you go the path of like, mm-hmm. fine, I'll do all the things you want me to do. And then wanting to blow up their lives. Like when they hit yeah. like 30 and 40 and being like, this is then so resenting. nice. Yeah, that's so hard. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, personally for me, it's been, I did the thing that you you just described where I was just doing all the steps to become a doctor and to make my parents proud. And then I I did this complete reversion and rejection of conformity Mm -hmm. where that became my entire identity Mm. where I didn't like accept any advice from them be like fuck you you don't know what you're saying i'm a comedian now i'm doing my thing i'm a rebel you're wrong but now I have, i'm like, like i was wrong no i'm a little <laughs> bit kidding. yeah i'm like my tail between my legs and now i'm like okay you know you only had your bet you were right about it, some things well <laughs> like, i think you know i was gonna say this i'm glad yeah. you said that brian because i was gonna say this pam i feel like for some people it's probably that's very like honest of you brian for some people it's probably just like they probably don't even mind having a being a doctor as their career but they're like just fucking so frustrated with the control that their parents have that they'll probably be like you know what fuck this i'm gonna fucking become a a, a, like you know i don't know a comedian yeah i'm gonna what's like what's worse i don't there's Uh, nothing worse a podcast host i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna be like a bungee jump specialist you know what i mean and then like i don't even it's like do they even want i mean you know yeah right that's you there's um There's yeah. a there's a woman that I love. I mean, not to kind of take this all totally in like the therapy direction, but there's this woman that I love who is like who is um I think she's like a meditation teacher. Also, she has like a PhD in like psychology and, and she is a therapist as well. Yeah. Um but Tara Brock. Um but she talks a lot mm. about um how violence 
addiction, so many of our like worst behaviors, um, and not, I mean, addiction is a disease like to a degree, so I don't want to discount that, but, um, but she talks just a lot about how so many of the behaviors that human beings exhibit that we all kind of can put in this like negative bad category. So much of it is just driven by like unprocessed fear anger, emotions, experiences, like all these things that we don't, we either bury over time, we hide, we run away from, it's too hard, it's too scary. And you kind of live like these lives, except that doesn't go away, right? Like the unprocessed emotion doesn't Mm. go away. It stays like in your body. It's still part of your experience. You just may not be like in tune to how it's showing up in your life on a daily basis. And also if you've been mm. trained from a really young age to like suppress a lot of these things, like your mer- like your mermaid yeah. dreams. Um, also, as you said that, I was yeah. like, I also love that you have mermaid colors right now because <laughs> your hair is like blue yeah. and green and yellow. I was, um, you know, I was so fucking obsessed with the mermaid thing. I was so stupid. I convinced myself that if I went into the beach and did I tell you this right <laughs> and mm. hold my breath, I would become a mermaid. Oh, my God. I almost fucking you didn't try myself. it. Oh <laughs> just go in there and just hold your breath and then yeah. you'll just turn into a mermaid. That's how it works. I also wonder, I well, mean, like how much of that was like another world, right? Like being in another world and yeah. and a whole different experience. Well, right now it sounds we, we've been talking a, a lot about big changes, you know, whether mm-hmm. like I'm going from do- medicine into comedy and blowing my life up and this rejection of uh, filial piety. Mm-hmm. Like, do you do you ever do you work with clients who you're not looking they're just trying to optimize what they have in place like what like i like the company i work for but i'm just trying to get a promotion or maybe pivot into i don't want to do like account management anymore i want to be like a product manager sort of situation Yeah. yeah the same i do um and probably i'd say like most people fall in that bucket where they're just like I'm really okay. miserable yeah, right now, like right? Like, I work in corporate. Uh, okay. I'm pretty miserable. Um, I just, like, do I stay this path or do I, like... But also some of the questions are, like, do I stay this path? Do I just find another company or just do, do I blow it all up, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like the consideration <laughs> of, like, dropping everything that I've been doing is always kind of part of the conversation. And one Whoa. theme that I... Like, one theme that... Um, I see across the board and it affects people to varying degrees um, is this sense of like, I didn't follow my dreams, right? Like, Mm. and, Mm. and sometimes Mm. a dream could just be like, I want to, it it might not be as big as like, I want to be a comedian versus a doctor, but it it could be something like, I want to help people and I'm not helping people right now. And I don't know how I can help people. I volunteer, I do this. And it's too far off. Like, I can't just quit my job and work in a soup kitchen um, all day. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, but it doesn't have to be that extreme either, right? Like, and helping people figure out things like, mm-hmm. what does it actually mean to you to help people? Because some people want to be part of the help where you are delivering the help and you see the tangible, like, emotional reaction that someone has on their face. Or mm-hmm. you just want to know that you are part of a process or part of you know, some bigger thing that in the end is helping people. Because that is a major distinction in terms of mm. where you might then apply that. Um, it, because if you want to be on the yeah. front lines, then you need to be like tactical. You need to be like, or sorry, not tactical, but tangibly like involved in the help. And if you don't need to be part of them, mm. you can be in the strategy, the planning, the ideation, like all that. So 
figuring out those really specific things, right. like the process ends up being the same. But I would say an underlying theme right. is that like people are concerned that they're not, they're going to regret not living the life that they wish they had lived, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and worrying about looking back yeah. and being like, I wasted my time. But then the problem yeah. that comes up in that conversation is, but then I don't know what I should be doing with this time. <laughs> like I want to be useful, <laughs> right? Right, And I want to have impact, but then wait, but what is the then, what's then the thing that I go do? Right. You know what I'm like picking up from you uh, in this conversation that I feel like is very important and it, uh, along the lines of like th- what you said about having kids and stuff too, you're like saying, what, I, what I'm hearing from you is saying, what's important to you? Like you said, like helping people or I'm funny. Um, and like, do you need that to be your career? Right. Because you were saying if you're funny, maybe you can just be funny. Why do you need to be a comedian? Um, but the, t- going back to what you said about being the mom thing or being a parent, I I think that people um, and what I'm hearing from you in this conversation is that you're like understanding what that actually means or looks like because a lot of people will say the title like right. i want to be a parent i want to be a comedian but then you were saying oh you have to look at the what that actually is going to get look really like granular and detailed and specific about it yeah, yeah like the parent yeah. thing i think most people don't look at what it actually is to be a parent because you as a parent what you are you're just a caregiver mm. like and that kind of work, most people really don't like it. Mm. Like if you have, if you had to go in and take care of like, you know, like work in a nursing home or like as a nurse, like would you enjoy that? Would you like taking care of somebody twenty four hours a day? Is that some something that you would enjoy? Like what do you think if somebody asked you that? Well, if this kid was fifty percent me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like the, right, obviously no. people do it because no, no, it's their no, no, kid, no. but uh, the actual right. what that looks like the day to day. No, I realized like because yeah. I lived with my sister when my niece was like yeah. a newborn, yeah. and I did like just seeing my sister and brother in law. I'm like, fuck, they don't show you this in the movies. No. Like mm-hmm. from the ages of like zero to four, this is oh my fucking God. It's hard, intense caregiving. It's yeah. like it's restructuring in your head instead of whatever if you say parent that's so like ambiguous and like cloudy and yeah. like abstract but then if you if you break it down to what it looks like really in the day is yeah. you're a caregiver yeah you're cleaning shit yeah. and washing poo off the ground like that's your job <laughs> yeah you know yeah that's being a parent <laughs> that reminds me <laughs> It reminds me of a book I read a while ago. It was a New York mag writer, New York magazine writer. Um, it's called All Joy and No Fun, like the modern paradox of parenting mm. or something like that. Um, and I was, remind- mm. I was reminded oh, of wow. that book recently because I just read an article talking about essentially how like being a parent is both like the – like most people who are parents are far less happier than most people who are not except – people who are parents will say it's the most meaningful thing they've ever done, right? Because yes, you've created life. You like mm. yeah. made a life and you yeah. helped yeah, a life survive. Is it fun? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, and I think that's some of the yeah. paradoxes that come with like modern living. Um, I think about our parents cause like my one fight that my mom and I would always get into is like, from a young age, I remember saying, I just want to be happy, right? And she was like, happy is a luxury. <laughs> like, that's, like, not something everybody can have. Like, you have to, like, survive. Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't, I survive. Like, I live. Like, I don't have to survive. Because the the idea of survival yeah. was not as, like, what's the word? Like, it wasn't as bodily to me as it was to her, right? Like, 
an immigrant in this country, mm. trying to survive, knowing nobody. Like it is, it's very primal, right? It is like this life yeah. and death thing because yeah. you have to, and plus you have a child to take care of. And so even though she was working like relentless hours and her life like really wasn't her own, she had so little time for her. I think it was almost easier for her to be like, okay, but I am building a life for me and my daughter, right? And she is going mm -hmm. to thrive. And there's so much meaning tied to that. Even if, if you look back at your life, you're like, shit, like now she's in her sixties and she's, re she just retired and she's just like, I don't know what I did mm -hmm. with my life. Right. And she's struggling with a lot of this yeah. lack of so meaning and purpose. Yeah. Except she always, she kind of has me, I, I, yeah. right? Like she's got me and she's like, oh, but at least there's yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think becomes I, a I hard say thing for just parents. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like a lot of Asian people, not not just Asian people, obviously, a lot of people, their parents are immigrants or maybe they were poor or struggling when we were kids. Right. And so they were like, well, I'm just surviving. They weren't taking time to be like, I'm going to meet with my career coach and see if I yeah. <laughs> what. And um, so we learned that, like, just don't even think about it. Just push through sort of mentality, too. Mm -hmm. And but my mom's at the same place as your mom. because yeah. she's like. Now, you know, life has slowed down and she's saying things like, what did I do with my life? Not mm. even realizing that she was just struggling to survive the entire time. She just didn't have a minute to be like, what do I want to do? Like, what's important to me? These are some of these questions. I, I remember once I asked my mom, like, what do you like about yourself? And she was like, like, could not answer. Like, Ryan, like what you said, like when you had to answer those questions. Yeah. Because her whole life, she didn't have a minute to like think about that. Yeah. 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 For the sake of time, I just want to <laughs> leave. Like, I want. Let's turn this into a quick fire advice corner, yeah. where I love that. Um, a, a thing that comes up often in our inboxes and in our email is, uh, people who feel stuck. They feel stuck, and we touched on it earlier in this episode. Like maybe they feel stuck because they follow their parents. Uh, desires for them too closely without consideration for their own uh, individual desires. Mm -hmm. But for people who do feel stuck, whether it's in a small way or a big way, and from your experience as an executive career coach, like what is the single most proactive thing one can do to get the ball moving and overcome this stuck feeling? Um, so I think we thematically touched on it, but um, I'll kind of more cohesively pull it together. Um, I think oftentimes we don't focus on the quality of the experience enough and we focus on like mm. the way it shows up, right? Like I, I need to, I, we're, we've been talking about comedy so much. I keep thinking about being a comedian, but um, uh, for example, like a lot of people that I work with are in creative fields, right? They're designers, they're, you know, they're um, kind of uh, creatives who are either in the graphic sense or strategy or whatever else, but they're all kind of ideators. Um, we think about like, okay, I want to be a creative director then, right? Or I want to be like a product designer or I want to be a graphic designer. Like we think about like the thing or the thing you would type into the search bar, right? Like how do I be a blank, jobs for mm -hmm. blank, right? Um, because if you can model it right. something, you're like, oh, I can go there. But I don't think we think enough mm -hmm. about the quality of the experience. And so oftentimes when people get mm. stuck, they're just like, they get stuck on like, okay, I don't know what job I want next, or I don't know if I should move industries, or I don't know if I should move to this company or not. And like, but you can answer all of that later on if you can first answer the question of what is the experience you're looking for overall? Like, if you enjoy comedy, like, what is it about making people laugh that like makes you yeah. like 
kind of makes you come alive, right? Like, what is it about helping people that makes you come alive? What is it about designing that, like, brings you joy? Um, One example is a client Mm -hmm. who was a designer and was just like, do I just get another tech job? I make good money, like, and I spent my entire career and my studies, like, on this. And we were able to kind of really think through and answer, pull out some of these parts of the experience she wanted which was helping people, but also she wanted to be part of the joy. She was like, I want to see their expressions. Like, I want to deliver the joy. Um, and she's like, and I want to be creative in that process if it's, if it's possible. We pulled out a whole bunch of other parts, but now she's like a floral designer and she like does huge events and like does weddings and, mm. you know, like parties and like loves wow. it. Um, wow. And- yeah. And she gets to now see and experience the joy that of like her clients yeah Yeah. Yeah. and being able because i think so often we get stuck on these really big questions and we don't break it down to like the Mm -hmm. component parts um and we don't like and because they seem so big it's so overwhelming and you're just like okay i'm just gonna table this and like go have a glass of wine (laughs) and like come back to this later right (laughs) 30 years later later. (laughs) exactly 30 years later exactly but that happens over and over and then yeah. you add in right. like the suppression of dreams, like from a very young age. And then you're just like, holy fuck, this is way yep. too big. I can't answer it. Um, but I guess right. yeah. like tactically, wow. I would say if you can break down um, and this is more tactical advice. So Brian, let me know if, if you want me to kind of pause. But um, the process we went through and the, what, the process that I go through with most of my clients is like helping them break it all down. Like it's a strategic planning process mm where we start really big picture of just like, what are all the things you say you want in your life? Because your career is going to contribute to that. So let's just look at life overall. Like, how do you want to live? Where do you want to live? What kind of people do you want to surround yourself with? Um, What do you want to learn? Like, what problems do you like solving? Like, what impact do you want to have on the world, right? Like, those kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. And we break it down. Because then if you can start there, you can then break down, okay, if I know I want to help people, what does that look like? This looks like this, right? And if, mm. then you can start to ideate around very experiential things rather than ideating around, okay, how do I get to medical school? Or how do I, what kind of law do I want to do? Right. Because those people help too, but in very unique ways. So it's like breaking right. things down from the super big picture down to like, okay, what's then a long-term goal that I need to set to get there? Like, what, what do I need to achieve in order to be able to realize like this life and vision that I have? And then you break it down from there to be like, okay, if that's a farther out goal, what do I need to now do in like the next couple months to a year to get there? And then it's like Mm. factoring your priorities if you have financial responsibilities, you know, dependents, like a family. If you have travel you want to get in, like then you factor in the immediate priorities to then figure out, okay, then what do I do most immediately? But I think too often we Mm. take the really big picture and get so stuck on like how big the question is that it's mm-hmm. just hard to even take it's hard to even want to like face it at all it was so eye-opening talking to you i really am i'm kind of like still blown away i'm like still processing the whole idea like you know i know we keep using the example of comedy like you know like i'm just thinking about people that that are like i want to be a comedian because like what you said they had this idea like the name like what you get on your business card right yeah and then they didn't even know what that looks like and we know a lot of people like you they walk into an open mic and they're like oh this is what this is never mind because they were only thinking about like the word on the paper not Uh, anytime anyone tells me how i do it, i just direct them to an open mic and they walk away from the conversation i'm like damn i just i just single-handedly ruined this person's life (laughs) yeah you just keep going 
open mics like for five hours a day and you have to hang out with like people right for doing that um but yeah pam thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and just providing so many wonderful insights that uh it was a good reminder that of to exercise some of the things for myself but uh i think a lot of our listeners will um find what you had to say on this episode really impactful and very useful yeah i learned so much before we let you go what is something that you're proud of wait before i answer that can i add one more thing yeah, One thing that I, I think actually I thought of um, this came to mind when I listened to your last episode, but it's something that I talked to my clients about is like tension is valuable. Like I think oftentimes we experience a lot of this kind of goes back to like life is so easy now. We're kind of like, eh, like just floating along and everything's kind of just fine. But fine feels right. very blah. And when you're struggling mm. to like get somewhere, that tension and the struggle mm. like is really rewarding because there is a value, like you can value the like wins, right? If someone, if you get mm. like the five, you know, I think, uh, I think one of you mentioned like the 500th download, like that was such a win. That was so exciting, right? Um, because you right. also know yeah. the lows in comparison because it was like a struggle to get right. there. And so that struggle mm-hmm. and tension is really important. And I think so often when we meet the struggle and the tension, um, and sometimes it shows up as emotions, like whether it's sadness or um, not necessarily a state of depression, but feeling a little like down and depressed, right? Um, or feeling mm-hmm. a little just like imposter syndrome, whatever it is. But those things are really valuable because they remind you kind of like of the struggle and of the fight that you're in to like get to where you want to go. Right. And then when you get there, Mm. not that you have to find a new struggle per se, but like a lot of people didn't plan past the success because then it was like, I get to be blank. Right. And then you're like, oh, wait, okay, right. What, what, what is, what do I do from there? Because if you were aiming for the blank, like just getting to the thing that isn't really a Mm -hmm. purpose, right. That's just a goal. And so Mm. you need to talk to Fumi. We have to give him your number. (laughs) (laughs) This is the person on the last episode that (laughs) Pam's referring to. Yeah, you have to. Re- it's like a reorganization, yeah. right? Yeah, I think, which is. Hard. I'm ready. So I'm ready to I'm obtain not. my dream. <laughs> Let's say I get on SNL, and then to create more tension, I just got to be the fucking meanest, messiest <laughs> bitch in the offices yeah. of SNL and create enemies with everyone. Have some sort of scan- uh, some <laughs> scandal where you get canceled. Create <laughs> more tension in your life. Well, I don't be want to take away Pam Yang. <laughs> I'm like, where are the takeaways now going to be, like, add tension to your life? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's like... No, no, but I really... No, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. And it, it is in line with things that I'm trying to practice more of. Yeah. Of uh, this idea of leaning into feelings, even if they're negative. Uh-huh. Like, rather than be afraid of it, because that's the source of a lot of my anxiety of, like, uh-huh. damn, I feel kind of uncomfortable. I hope this doesn't happen it's happening uh, i lately i've just opened the door and embrace it of mm-hmm. like this is kind of hard right now but it is like accept it just double down and like walk forward and embrace that feeling yeah so yeah. i think this was incredibly helpful advice be the drama um well i think it's right it's also like the value added gives you and why like pushing through the struggle is so rewarding and when, when pension yeah. why you're even happier in those times um right but um but i'll finally answer your question and i'm gonna like wrap one more like um 
maybe takeaway slash piece of advice in it. Um, I think the thing Please. that I'm most proud of is like sticking to it. Like when I, I, I'm notoriously someone who in the past has like a million ideas. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And a lot of them that are like experiential, like travel, like I'll follow through on, <laughs> but kind of a bigger, like scarier, more daunting, like life goals. Um, not that I've shied away from, but I'll like try a little bit and then like, okay, I'm like kind of bored. I'll move on. Right. Like, and so I always thought I was somebody who was like, oh, I'm just going to try a thing and then move on. But I realized like that's part of the experimentation process, right? Like life is truly an experiment. And so often I think the certainty with which we want to go into our decisions, I'm not sure where that came from, but I'm just like the scientific method we learned in like junior high, like still applies, right? You have a hypothesis of like, mm. maybe I want to be like working basketball and I try it out. And I try it in different ways and I'm like, oh, it's not quite it. And then how do you iterate and, mm. you know, improve from there? But I think right. like I'm proud of kind of final, like not finally, but finding something that I like truly see clear meaning and purpose in. And it wasn't like I want to be commissioner or that I want to be like the CEO of Nike one day. Right. It was like I know that I want to help people do or find and do work that they love because I know how it contributes to all aspects of their lives. And it kind of goes back to my mom um, of how much mm. it affects like your emotional well-being, your mental state, your sense of financial security and a lot of other security. And so mm -hmm. I think for me, like being a career mm -hmm. coach is just what I'm doing now. But it could look at different forms later on as long as it fits the purpose of wanting to help people find and do work that they love and find meaning in. I did hear a lot of about your mom coming through in your story. And I, I, w I thought it was really interesting that there are some like similar parallels to what you saw and then like what choices you made in your life, too. And I just want to just say one more thing really quick. That was great. Um, but, you know, like what you were saying about being the commissioner or CEO of Nike, I think a lot of us have like these fantasies yeah. like, you know, obviously every everybody has like this fantasy of like being a movie star and blah, blah, blah. And that wanting that to be your career or stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like something that I just learned from you, Pam, talking to you right now is that like what it you know, like that that could maybe just be a separate fantasy, but like, what is it that you really want to do in your career? Like every day, you know? Yeah. And I think if, if that, if people answer that question, honestly, then, then you figure it out. Cause obviously everybody wants, we have all have like an ego. We all want to be like fucking Miley Cyrus or whatever, but like, you know, besides that, like, what do you want to do every day? Right. So. Yeah. Which goes back to the Thanks experience. And so I feel like you've been so amazing at like distilling certain parts and pulling out like the threads because that's the crux of it. It's like we're human beings. I mean, maybe right. maybe the NFT world is like the future, right? And like, you know, VR and AR and all that stuff. But I'm like, we're still human beings that need that thrive off experience. And if we like mm -hmm. can better articulate like what experiences we're looking for in our work, it'll be what skills are you using day in and day out, right? Like, what are you creating? Like, mm -hmm. how are you interacting? Yeah. But it's the same questions for life, which is like, what are the experiences you want? And then from there mm. to then figure out, okay, maybe it is being a doctor. Maybe it is being a designer. Maybe it is being a fireman, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> and right. so like, if you start with the experiential part, then like the ideas could be, you can get really creative with the way 
that then the experiences mm. come together. But I think too often we do the right. reverse, right. right? Of trying to land the final answer without understanding the experience right. yeah. we want from it. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> for our listeners, where can they find you online if they're interested in your services or etc everything where can yeah. they find you um so uh i my website is pamyang.nyc because new york we're from here um and uh i write a lot on linkedin i'm trying to uh i'm not on twitter really i just started going back on Twitter after years. Um, and I'm trying to figure out TikTok. TikTok is so overwhelming. Early on, I was like, I don't like TikTok. This is too hard. <laughs> but now I'm like, no, obviously there's a reason. And I do enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm like, so many young people are on it. And I'm like, if I can potentially help people yeah. kind of earlier on, because I don't, I don't, we're not given these skills earlier on. And so I'm like, if I can help mm. younger people yeah. earlier on, then it's worth like overcoming my fear of being on video because I hate like being on video. And so I'm trying to like right. overcome that fear and stick with like the purpose, right? Because I think then that drives mm -hmm. the overcoming of the fear. And so I'm trying to mm -hmm. do that on TikTok. Um, I'm not even sure why I name, I'm pretty sure the name is Work Revolution, but I'm not, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> We're going to find you. We're going to find you. you. Work revolution on TikTok. We're going to find you and tag you. Um, and <laughs> How what, about you, Brian? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say what would be helpful is like if people have specific questions, because I'm like, I don't know what would be helpful and what people want to know, like more specifically. And so if mm -hmm. like your viewers have questions, I'd love to like take them and then answer them. Um, if that'd be valuable. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. We'll forward them to you for sure. Is there an email that, well, I'm sure it's on your website, pamyang.nyc, if they wanted to reach out to you yep, directly. Totally. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, Go straight to Pam Yang. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, it's pam uh, at pamyang.nyc. Fantastic. Send your questions to pam at pamyang.nyc, everyone. <laughs> How about you, Brian? Where can our listeners find you? Uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park. And what about you, Young Me? YM Mayor and TikTok Young Me Mayor. Follow our podcast at Feeling Asian Podcast on all platforms. And we have a YouTube channel at Feeling Asian Podcast. And if you can, please subscribe to our Patreon and we'll shout you out. That's it, everyone. That's it. See Thank you next you. week. Bye. 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 Bye.